0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast for Eastlake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is Brent. Hey, guys. And we are excited to dive into, we finished week three of our series, The Art of Labor, which is about work, not about giving birth. Correct. Um, <laughs> correct. <laughs> but,
1: but we did talk about that today. Yeah, you that did was, talk That about was giving part birth, of the actually, yeah. uh, conversation a little bit, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, before we get into that, just random stuff about life. How's Megan doing? Megan's
0: doing great. You're
1: wearing a LIGO shirt today. Yes, I am. Which is the thing that detected the gravitational (laughs) sound waves. Proved Einstein's theories of gravitation. Which is happening in Richland, and and we then found out about it. They have a lab
0: in Georgia as well, and they just built one in India. There you go. Because you can't prove it unless you see the... Anyway, they look, they have a, like right. giant it's just, it's lasers. just one
1: thing, it could be a fluke, but if it's uh, yeah. all over. They
0: then... have giant lasers, like two mile long lasers. And if they see some sort of like gravitational wave, there's some sort of wave situation, which is way smarter than I can understand. Have you
1: been out to see it? Yes. Have um, you? Cool.
0: Yeah. That's why I have a t-shirt. Um, oh, well, that makes
1: sense. <laughs> <We> <laughs> been, have, there, been there, got the t-shirt. Yeah.
0: Two years ago, my program did a collaboration with them and the Mid-Columbia Ballet. And we did kind of like a dance Lego thing. Um, and so I got an opportunity to go out there a couple times and learn about it. And then um, also do stuff with my students. Two it, mile so.
1: long, basically like pipe in the ground slash tunnel. Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I have not been out there to it's see it. It's pretty crazy. That's pretty expansive.
0: Yeah. And it just has like, in the summer, it just has tumbleweeds all along. Oh, I bet, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's exciting. pretty cool, but they can't, unless it, they also see the same wave in their Georgia lab and um, now their India lab, they can't say that it's uh, like what they think
1: it is. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's really cool. It's just some dude out there with a hammer on the... Well,
0: and that happens sometimes is they'll like get waves from something, but it's like someone drove a really big truck too close yeah. to the laser. Or a deer using it yeah. to like shed their antlers or Yeah. <laughs>
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. That's awesome. I uh, that, That's uh, one of the more interesting things in our area. Yeah. Uh, that and they, helps out with the PNNL Labs uh, and all the kind of crazy they're stuff they out very g-
0: Did they win a Nobel Prize?
1: I don't know. I think they were like nominated. They or... were for
0: sure. I think maybe they won. Did they? Uh, they were for sure nominated. Yeah. But... I think
1: that might be it. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah.
0: They were really, like, they were kind of favorites. Yeah. I know. Like a Nobel Prize in physics. So.
1: Yeah. Anywho. Uh yeah, so um uh, today, yes, today is fourteen years of marital bliss for Kylie what? and I. That's so exciting! Anniversary day today, everybody, <laughs> and I'm here recording with you. That's how much I'm <laughs> dedicated to this podcast. <laughs>
0: So get ready for some like young looking pictures of Brent and Kylie Probably. On their wedding day. I'm
1: sure there's gonna be some sappy <laughs> posts on Instagram <laughs> and all the stuff, all the things. Mm-hmm. I gotta prove to everybody else that she's cool. You know, like you know, like uh, ver- prove my love to her. Not that she's cool, everybody knows that already. Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> I'll probably do the obligatory uh husband, you know, my wife's amazing. But she really is. She well, is she amazing. Really she is, deserves yeah. all the posts. She deserves a post every day, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are celebrating. We are gonna go see the uh, this afternoon we're going to go see Rocketman
0: nice
1: uh, and then this evening we're going to go play some trivia with Fun. some friends on our on our anniversary we invite our it's what we do we invite other people to join us <laughs> for didn't our you anniversary you
0: have like someone didn't you have friends on your honeymoon That's with you the friends that we're inviting yeah. to come play
1: <laughs> trivia with us we went on their second half of their honeymoon uh-huh. it's not weird <laughs> separate rooms of course <laughs> um so anyways hey. yes 14 years ago today Uh, I woke up and, uh, was, you know, went golfing. Let me see. What did I do on the day? I think we, did we go golfing? I think I went golfing. You're asking me. I'm not asking you. I'm just talking out loud. (laughs) Kylie, we spent all day getting ready and I spent all day doing other things. Just making sure, just make sure. Yeah. You're there on time. Uh So anyways, lots Mm. of fun. And, uh, who'd have thought four kids later, all the kind of stuff going on, (laughs) you know, but it's good. It's great. I love it. Um, yeah, it's good.
0: That's exciting. How was the
1: rest of your weekend? It
0: was good. Yeah. I, oh, what, I turned in a paper. I have one more assignment, and then I'm done with this semester. This is it,
1: man. This is the last week of, uh, of school for for yeah,
0: and this is last week. Our kids
1: and and your kind of work schedule stuff, yep. and you're we were just talking about how our recording schedule is going to change a little bit because of some work stuff this summer, yep. and uh, man, and I had that kindergarten story. Yeah, this background behind that kindergarten story. Normally, I would probably just save that for the podcast because it didn't really tie all that well into yeah. Sunday, but I couldn't figure out a way to kind of give you the visual of of Jovi crossing her fingers in that face yeah. that I just was like, I could kind of talk about it, but I just wanted to show it. So anyways, <laughs> that would be something yeah. normally that would be here, but it was there. Yeah, so, it was hilarious. Thanks for uh, obliging me in a story that was... I tried to kind of twist and make it relevant, but I don't know if it worked or not. But I
0: mean, I think people were like, oh, it kind of works. Yeah. Kind of.
1: Yeah. Kind of yeah. got there. but
0: It's a really funny story, though. Oh, Joby, my gosh. Like, being like, oh, I hope I get hope one. Hope I
1: made it. Hope I did enough <laughs> this year to make it work. Uh,
0: uh, with clearly everybody is getting
1: one. Like yeah. <laughs> The interesting thing about it for us, too, was two different classes, two different teachers. Yeah and everything was different and teachers are just different like i totally get there's not like a set curriculum that they have to go through there's
0: well i mean there is but they have like some
1: freedom within it lots of freedom within it, it. Yeah. apparently tons of freedom so <laughs> our our teacher parent conferences were very different both times and they sent us they sent each kid home with a book of all of the things that they did this year Uh, And Jovi's is twice the size of Grayson's. (laughs) And Grayson's is filled with little notes from all these other kids in the class that are like encouraging notes. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, you're so funny. You made me laugh hard this year. (laughs) Like, that was all of them. And then uh, Jovi's was just, like, she wrote, like, a six-chapter book on <laughs> penguins. To be fair, sure, that's farming. also
0: potentially a result of the differences between your two children.
1: 100%. Very yeah. much so. I'm not blaming the teachers. This is, you only can do with what you have to work with. So, uh, it was it was great. And they loved, they loved both their teachers. It's been a real positive experience. I think they're actually going to be in the same class next year. That's what we're... That's what we're looking at uh, mm-hmm. potentially. So um, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. We were worried. We were worried that uh, it was going to be too. Int- it was going to be too difficult for Jovi being separated. They never been separated. They still are in the same bedroom. Yeah. Um. But uh, she took it like a champ this year. So now we're like, okay, that's not going to hurt her. So let's maybe pe- keep them together and yeah, make it easier on mom and dad to not have to do <laughs> two different <laughs> <laughs> classrooms or switch spaces and whatever <sighs> else. But uh, yeah, it's good. Graduation weekend, this weekend, did you yeah. hit up any grad, grad uh, parties? Or I, you got, pass that I went phase? to one
0: grad party. Okay. Um. So one of my staff, I, I employ high schoolers and so one of my staff graduated and I went to her grad party. I think it took me longer to drive to her grad party and then back home than I was there. And, yeah. <laughs> but, because I didn't know anybody. I know, those are so awkward. And, and I was like, they like okay, I just came because. Hey, I
1: know you, but like, yeah. I don't know your grandma, sorry. Yeah. And, or your dad yeah. or your
0: like, I know her mom, but like, still it's not anyway yeah so i was there for maybe like 15 minutes and then i left yeah so
1: (laughs) we went to one that had amazing food cash is jim kelly uh uh, they just super good food so those that always helps because you you, there is the awkwardness of i don't know 75 percent of these people but Mm -hmm. um when there's stuff to keep you around like that that's good (laughs) and then we were They live in Horn Rapids, and they live off on this hill that overlooks this field, and so we were just launching golf balls into (laughs) the field. So I'm sure some (laughs) farmer, whoever's mowing that someday is going to love that, but (laughs) Grayson loved it, so that's good. That's awesome. All All right, right. Uh, anything else before we jump in? I don't think so. Okay, we're jumping into uh, part three of our Art of Labor series. Um, It's really been uh, a series looking at the... uh, The fact that we were created to work, that was really week one. And then this week was more like the futility of work, as we see from the curse that comes out in Genesis uh, chapter 3. And uh, stuck a lot in Genesis, went through uh, some of those first few chapters, and even talked at length a little bit about the Tower of Babel um, and that kind of work and how our work has this temptation. When, when we see the futility of it, we either can wallow in futility of it and be like, my job, this is just, why am I doing any of this? Like, I should just learn to play the ukulele and move <laughs> to a beach somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, or on the flip side, go on the other side of things and just invest and throw everything into my work, which is um, probably more of a temptation, I think, for a lot of people because you... Uh, you we have to work like Mm there's um well for a lot of us like we need money yeah (laughs) to be able to pay bills and so work is not like something you feel like i just don't see the i see there's so much futility in work i'm just not going to do it yeah yeah but like i want lights on and i'd like to eat out at panda express once in a while so um (laughs) how do you make that kind of stuff work and so there has to be some level of work so if i'm going to do it i'm just going to do it really really well yeah which temptation has been more for you I mean, I know you're doing school, but you've been in the workforce, too, for several years now. I mean, what, what do you see maybe in your line of work? You you work with a lot of teachers mm-hmm. and a lot of school education systems. What tends to be the way in which people in your industry go?
0: Oh well, well, probably the, like, over over exertion exertion because the
1: other option not just like okay i'm not going to work but i'm not going to care about my work either yeah. like i'm going to just mail it in i'm just well, punching well i clock. think I'm there's a mix of thing. both yeah.
0: like i personally i tend to be more of the like just going to throw everything i have into this yeah um i think in like education it's also tricky because there's like you need to have good boundaries um, in terms of taking it home and making it personal, but it's really hard because you have to make it personal in order to be a good educator. Um, and so that is like a new, another like nuanced layer in terms of the over or like the, like I'm going to do it the best I can possibly do it and throw everything I have into it. Um, and in the teaching world, that is a big emotional toll. And so I see a lot of like, that's where a lot of the burnout and the, um, like then like after that burnout and that use of emotional toll, then that's when the apathy comes in. That's when the mailing it in. Like I can't, I can't do that. So that, and they just don't take the time to find the balance. And
1: for sure, that's a better, I even, I've probably messed up by even talking about like, Having a ukulele living on the beach. Like, yeah. that's not reality for all of us, right? <laughs> but the I- obvious idea of I could either mail it in or I can go hardcore into yeah. it, those are very much realities. And you see both of those present in lots of different career choices for lots of different people. I think you
0: can see that present in almost any industry anywhere. Yeah.
1: So, like, I want to do a really good job, but I also want to live with the understanding that I'm not a product of, I, I am not defined by what I do. Yeah. But, I want to do good. I want to serve the work, as Seth said in week one of the series. I want to um, make that happen. So, uh, the, coming up to the the futility of work, I think informs that decision, or at least sets the precedent for understanding the context by which we then do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we understand, yes, our work is cursed. Like it's going. There are going to be days that it's not going to feel fun. It's it's going to take. There are thorns and thistles that naturally mm-hmm. pop up. That's what naturally comes is thorns and thistles. So anytime it's not there, it's a product of or the consequence of somebody investing intentional thought and strategy into making something work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. even when you
0: invest in your work in that way, there are going to be thorns and thistles. That's the curse. Is it's not how that's the futility of it. However hard you work at it, however much energy you put into it, it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to have some sort of Um, hardship, some sort of toil involved with it, because that curse is that our work is going to be hard and our relationships are going to be hard. And so um, it doesn't that doesn't change no matter how much energy you put into it. So it's finding that balance of putting enough energy in to do your work well, but also like keeping your mental self whole. And so that's that focus of I'm going to serve the work and put the work in and it's going to be hard and it's going to be challenging and I need to understand that it's always going to be hard and it's always going to be challenging. Sure. So,
1: and I, I, in Genesis eleven, the story of the Tower of Babel, they, the the language that they use is "Come, let us build something great together. Um, let us make a name for ourselves and have something to point to." And I said that at, is a draw. And I used the example of a story that uh, a conversation that I recently had with a, a friend in the car about, "Man, I'm just realizing I'm never going to get my name on the side of the car. I'm never going to own my own." company that's going to have my name on on a billboard somewhere as you drive down Gage or G-Way or whatever. Um, But the the reality is a lot of us work in industries where that's not even an option. Like no matter how long you work at a school, the odds of you getting your name on that school are probably, (laughs) at least in your lifetime, pretty. I mean, my kids go to Livingston, which is Ruth Livingston. So I guess it can happen. But Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I don't think that Megan is doing her job, hoping, crossing her fingers oh, that no. Megan Beaujean, uh Community College, <laughs> sh- you know, pops up in, in mm. you know East Kenoick or what something a like that. Weird name for it would be a, that would be a weird name. <laughs> yeah, pl- yeah, uh, yeah. All that kind of. stuff. Anyway, uh, but so, no, I'm not. So that's not the goal. So how does it shift then? In because I took a shot at it. I guessed. That it would be years of service because that's what I typically what I see people kind of point to in trying to try and validate their work if they don't have a business and they can't say I've had twenty six percent growth in the last you know year over year revenue mm-hmm. blah 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 crap um, in a in an industry like that and I'm not just saying teaching I'm but there's lots of industries where I, my industry is one of those like what I do like this church will never be. Brent Johnson community church. Yeah. Thank God. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense. So um, so what is it that you point to? And for sometimes in the pastoral realm, it's tenure. It is, I've I've been at this small, you know, community church for 26 years and you gave your whole life to this mm-hmm. thing or whatever. Um, but it can also be, you know, the size of the church or the the you know, the building mm-hmm. itself or something else. But in your industry. Other than years of service, is there anything that, that people would point to and be like, "This is this is something I can point to to kind of validate my spot"?
0: I mean, you could point to like
1: like student
0: growth or um, like a testing scores kind of stuff like that, uh, but that's not always a very accurate trail of what you do. Try to so.
1: they try to be like graduation rates yeah. uh, and test scores, but then that's always hard because. I don't know. Well,
0: and it, right now it's not so much like the score itself, but the growth that you see within a year. So like student growth is a big, like that's a big like.
1: But is that factor. based on stories? Like, all you know, you just had a good story, somebody who came from uh, a <laughs> bad upbringing and now their GPA <laughs> well, no, is 4.0 like, and they're going to Harvard?
0: No, it's like you take a test in the fall, you take a test in the spring. Okay, How much growth have you had in that year? But even that isn't always a very accurate... Description what of if they what they got the, sick the night before exactly, their yeah. fall test or um, spring test? It isn't always a very accurate right um, portrayal of what the actual growth was. So
1: I don't know. Like, do teachers base a lot of their self worth as a an employee on those testing things? I
0: don't think so. I mean, some of it is also just like professional growth and development and. Goals and I, you know, I mean, there's all those things that are in it, but it. I mean, doesn't... Part of its
1: continued education, I would imagine, yeah. for you to be able to point to something and say,
0: I think most teachers point to, point to their story. They point to a story. They point to a student. They point a to a relationship. That, that
1: they could say, Yeah, for sure, I had an influence on this kid. Yeah, because or of
0: like. This. Like this is the this is what I saw in this year with this student, or this is the relationship I built with this student. I know for me, even though I'm not a teacher yet, I work with students, and so what I like my basis is like is my relationships and how have those developed, and where are those going, and what kind of influence have I had, and um, what kind of relationship do I have with the students that I work with. So that's kind of where I see my.
1: Can I play the devil's value? advocate sure. for a second? And because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm cynical by nature. Like you probably wouldn't know it because I'd come across as optimistic. But I'm like always like cynical on the stories because I've been <laughs> a part of churches or church religious communities. I'll just put it in my realm to take it out of yours for a second. Uh where these testimony videos come up and A, I, I don't know if I believe the story. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden life's really great and rosy. Okay, well, fine. Great. Uh and then are there other factors? What what kind? For sure, there are other factors. Surely, the fact that this kid is now testing well is not just a sole product of this one teacher who has invested in them. Oh, for right? sure not. Like that, I mean, that can be a, a major contributing factor. But there's going to be several different factors, and so then I. I, I, feel you know, all of a sudden they got a, a steady meal. Like they, maybe they came from a home environment where they never had breakfast, you know, and they always went to school hungry and then that affects your learning thing So then all of a sudden they start showing up for school early and they get a, a meal provided for them. So then their, their brain functions better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many things that go into it, uh, that for, for somebody to be like, this is the story, you know, this is the thing this, is, cause we always had, I, I know we want to highlight stories. We want to do this. And, I, I'm I'm constantly getting pushed from even our leadership team of we need more stories we need more p- stories of people doing life change, and and yet when I sometimes see it I'm always I'm like oh but what about but it, does that I don't know do you know what I mean like yeah. it's like that weird dance I don't want that to define us mm-hmm. can be a part of it but it needs to be more than that yeah so
0: I do like I totally see your point but I don't there's also there are some genuine interactions that like like whether it's been amazing growth or whatever that's beside the point yeah but like you know when you've built a relationship with someone sure and that is like that is genuine and true and i don't i don't know about a lot of other teachers and i guess i'll tell you in a couple years what some of the other goals are but for me it's about have i like does this kid know that i care about them And are they, do they know that I'm someone they can come to if they need to? And if those two, and like the question to, or the answer to those two questions is yes, then I've done my job. And that's, that's it. And like, that's my bar. (laughs) It's pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, like that's success for me is if I've spent enough time and invested enough time in a kid that they know that I care about them and I want the best for them. And then they know that they can come to me if they need to. Like I have this kid this year, and he doesn't. He's pretty, like, well, he's pretty lazy. Let's be honest. Oh, I thought
1: you said he's pretty, like no, he's got great eyes. He's
0: pretty lazy, and he did, he like told <laughs> he's me pretty.
1: He told lazy. me at one that point changed quickly. <laughs> yeah,
0: I did. Um, he told me at one point this year. He was he has like a bunch of Fs, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, well, I can do. I can get those up to a D pretty quick, and a D. I was like, but.
1: <laughs> shoot, shoot, shooting so high. Yeah.
0: I was like, you do realize that whether you want to go to college or not, people are probably going to look at your high school transcripts, and if they see a bunch of Ds and then talk to you and realize how smart you are, they're just going to think you're really lazy and not want to hire you. And he was like, eh. So anyway, I've just like just kind of been on him about it and like those kinds of conversations. And he like actively seeks out talking to me and will like stay later and chat with me about stuff. And I was telling him that I was going to be a high school teacher. And I said, do you think I'd be a good high school teacher? And he was like, yeah, you should teach at this school where I'll be. And I was like, oh, you want me to be your teacher? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with anything. He's like, I know. <laughs> and so like that it's those like yeah, moments, yeah. like he hasn't said, miss Megan, I know you care about me and right. I really I like you this long trust letter. you. Right. But it's, I would want you to be my teacher, even though I know you won't let me get away with anything. Yeah. And so like, it's just kind of, it's probably one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten. And so I know that I've influenced him. I don't know that it will change his behavior at all, right, but I know that I've had an influence on him,
1: yeah, yeah, that's good the th- The other part <laughs> that i um uh I walked away going the first so that there are three elements of the Babel story, right? Let us build a tower, let's make a name, come, let us if if we don't do this, we'll get scattered, and so it's like this group mentality. I feel like one and two are easy to talk about. Three, I probably glossed over too much and just didn't go into it. But the idea being that um, we're going to leverage this fear mentality of being the only ones to do this. We're gonna do something we think. I mean, I they're not. They didn't. I don't think they did this to be like we're gonna we're gonna do this sin thing together, right? (laughs) We're gonna sin together, and if we're the only ones doing it, then it's no problem. But if we do it together, but like this idea that. if we can get numbers involved in it, it must be right. Mm-hmm. If we can get more people to just participate in this project that we're building, it's got to be right. This, this crowd mentality that is so often pervasive in um, uh, culture, life, industry of everybody. This is what everybody was doing. This is. Um, I, I think back to the uh, the banking crisis of two thousand nine. You mm-hmm. can't point to one bank as this is the one bank that. That uh, you know went off the rails and was just handing out money to everybody. Everybody goes, this is what it is. We feel like it's going to take. Like we-, we can't be the only one that's not doing this. If we're all doing this. Um, oh, if we don't do this, then we're going to we're gonna lose. We'll be isolated all by ourselves. We're the ones that require proof of, of employment. Oh, it's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Or um, how ridiculous for us to ask for a W-2, right? Mm-hmm. So it, as long as we all do it together, it's all good, and then we know how that kind of transpired and worked out. That's just a, one example. But that crowd-ish mentality um, I think was a, a big piece that probably deserved more attention on Sunday than I had, but... Um, wasn't able to give it. Yeah. So, um, anything else that stood out for you?
0: No, not really.
1: Super basic, super easy.
0: <laughs> I don't know that it was easy per se. Like, but I think we talked about in between time how because you kind of ended it unresolved on purpose. Yeah, and you were like, I don't know if I want people to be uncomfortable. I was like, Well, isn't that the point of the talk? Is that people are uncomfortable with the futility and the like bleh of life Mm -hmm. and so like that was kind of the other part that stood out to me just that like living in the discomfort and the understanding of that this isn't ever going to be resolved
1: so have you ever worked on a project that you know was going to be scrapped in like a year or two or i'm trying to think of how to illustrate to try and dial in the futility of work
0: well i mean i worked retail for a while so you put clothes back on the rack in order for them to be taken off and destroyed and then you put them back on the rack so that they look pretty and then you go home and then you do it all again (laughs) the next day so
1: (laughs) i i just think of okay right now on g-way they are tearing down the city hall you probably passed on the way in
0: did you get all evacuated last week because of the gas leak?
1: Uh, I did hit traffic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're a brand new building. They have a gas leak the first four hours yeah. it's open, uh, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> the old one is currently being torn down, mm-hmm. and it's coming down fast. Like, they're mm-hmm. doing quick work on it, um, which is cool. And I didn't know. I thought it was going to be a parking lot. They're actually trying to sell that parcel of land to be oh. like a business thing, which okay. is great. Good for them. All right. Nothing, that has nothing to do with it. That <laughs> building has been in place for, I don't know how many years, 50-something years, something like that, prior to this. Uh, or maybe more. I'm, I'm pulling that number out of thin air. Anyways, it's been talked about. They've been building the other city hall for, like, a year and a half mm-hmm. or or so. Um, And I remember going into that old building within the last year because we had some questions on our utility billing here at the theater and walking in, and them still doing projects to like upkeep maintenance to keep that thing open, even when you know we're bulldozing this in a year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the futility of, I'm going to change out this sink, or I'm going to change out this faucet, or I'm going to repair this hole. I'm going to repair this hole in this wall of a building that's being demolished in a year. (laughs) That's the futility of work. And it can cause you to be like, why am I why patch this? Why not just leave it and just ride it out? Um, versus no, I'm gonna do a good job with it, versus like the dumb thing is I'm gonna spend thousands of dollars on this project that's going to be gone in in a minute, in a hot yeah. minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's where you're like, you do the best you can with what you got but you do know that it's all gonna go to crap. And I don't mean like the world's gonna burn up and we all <laughs> ascend into heaven, so don't worry about this life. I'm just saying whatever it is that you do is building this job. Like somebody else is gonna either do that job or that job's not gonna exist you're not gonna, this isn't, there's a futility to this. I, mm-hmm. I mentioned the futility of even what, you know, that question of, well, whatever happened to Eastlake, you know? Yeah. Well, thorns and thistles take place. Like, I'm, I'm not under the impression that this church exists for eternity. I don't even <laughs> want it to, whatever. <laughs> I remember um, back when I was uh, a youth pastor, one of my uh, mentors, Jeremy, came up with this idea of, of starting a church with a countdown clock on, and we are gonna exist for 10 years. <laughs> and every week, there's like this, now we're at 9 years and 51 weeks. Oh boy. And like 4 years in, like right now we would be at the 5 year mark and at 5 years we're done. Like we shut the, we close the doors, we're done forever. Could a church exist with full awareness of its finite nature? I'm not sure. I don't know either. Like it was a fun <laughs> mental game to play and I don't I don't know that you could. But I also don't think that you Because that's not healthy because like, yeah, if it's got six months left, who's giving money to kind of keep the lights on? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm. But on the flip side, you've got uh, potentially this idea that this just exists in perpetuity and Mm -hmm. it just never goes away. We talked about the Roma Perpetua series that we did a while ago. It's neither of those two things. It's somewhere in the middle. And so I give and I do good work even though I know it's futile and it's someday it's probably not going to exist and it's not going to matter. and but, um, but I'm called to do it well because that's what God has given me in my station of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is a brilliant summary. I mean, I'm not saying brilliant like, God, Brent, you're so brilliant. I'm just saying...
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe a little. No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I really don't think that. But that's, the, that's what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm... That's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around, because I think what that does, and it sets into perspective the importance of family and all of the other virtues of life that are far more, it doesn't denigrate work or, or, or um, uh, you know, make it worthless, mm-hmm. but it puts it in per- correct perspective for us moving forward. So yeah. anyways, I think that... I think that might have been a better explanation than what I even said on Sunday. <laughs> I, so I that's why you should listen wouldn't. to this podcast.
0: <laughs> I know. People who don't miss out.
1: You missed that first part.
0: I know. You, people you back who back don't out. miss out
1: because I leaned back. Yeah, sorry. Stretching your back out. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well, we should, uh, now that we've accomplished that much, let's jump into <laughs> our say something interesting. Uh, uh, you want to start us off? Sure.
0: Okay. Um, mine is a story about Titanic.
1: Like the boat, like the boat. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, actually, about a person on the boat. Okay. Um, and Margot's been sending me a lot of things, and it's been great because she knows that I need help.
1: Way to go, Margot! So, Hi, Margot.
0: Um, there's a story about the so the lead baker on the Titanic, whose name I won't really be able to say, but it's Charles. Johan? Jog Joghin?
1: Nobody knows. How do you say that? It's the baker. The baker on the okay, Titanic okay. is, you know is definitely enough. No, I don't, no. Oh,
0: okay. Anyway, his name it uh his name's Charles. And he when the Titanic hit the iceberg and started to sink, they he and his like crew baking crew went out and did the thing you're supposed to do when you're a staff on a boat that's sinking and they helped put people on ships and did stuff and were going around and then he went back to his room and he drank a little bit and then he went back out and helped some more and then he went back into his room and drank a little bit more. Ended up becoming drunk okay. and um, In his drunken state, he was still, like, helping. And he had, like, the forethought to start chucking lawn chairs out into the water to be flotation devices. They also have a recorded story of him and his crew, like, physically throwing or pushing women into the lifeboats who were refusing to go and being like, "Uh, no, get in the boat. And uh, then he drank some more after helping all these people. And he stayed on the ship until it actually sunk. And then he just kind of like treaded water and tootled around and was rescued and survived. And he was being interviewed afterwards. And they were all the like investigators were like, what, how, How? what, why? And they believe that because he was drunk, it actually made like helped him survive.
1: (laughs) cuz like his body temperature no,
0: because not in not in a physiological way at all um because the like the alcohol thing the the one thing they thought alcohol maybe helped with is so the when you hit cold water your body basically shock like just cuz your um blood vessels constrict so fast and so it's really painful and um so they think that the alcohol maybe helped with that like he didn't quite have that pain sensation um but mostly they think that the alcohol just like gave him courage he just had liquid courage cuz he was so calm and stuff from the alcohol that he ended up making the smart choices like instead of panicking he ended up just being kind of like thoughtful and methodical about how he did stuff so he stayed on the boat until it sank which is really smart cuz then you're in the water for less time and instead of panicking and thrashing around when he first got in the water, he just kind of treaded water and waited. And so he conserved a lot of energy. And so they think that him getting drunk ended up saving him.
1: Well, and for him, he didn't have some chick lie to him about how I'll never let go. <laughs> and then she does. And it was like five minutes later. <laughs> so he had no false hope That's of, right. of that. So <laughs> I don't know know what kind of a message i hmm. i'm gonna change mine mine oh, okay. is gonna be now related to that
0: oh interesting yes
1: i read midnight in chernobyl which is a uh, book on the whole chernobyl debacle
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, as a result of watching the hbo miniseries and just being interested in that this one's by adam higginbottom um and uh it was he's a writer for new yorker and super good uh and he writes about how one of the firemen um, who was called out that night, had gone out drinking the night before, had gone on kind of a binge drinking, had got home late. The Chernobyl accident happened at like 1 in the morning, twelve thirty-six or whatever it was, or 123 or something like that um, in the morning. And so they he got a phone call as he's at home, like just getting, just stumbling in, mm-hmm. gets a phone call and is like, crud, I'm like completely hammered and I'm supposed <laughs> to go to work. And he goes... Uh, and he does go in completely drunk, mm-hmm. and fights these fires. And uh, there is something in so in in the in the in the show and in the books you'll read that there would be these iodine pills that would help your body not take in as much radiation if you can take these iodine pills. And there was supply chain problems that you know made these things difficult to access or whatever. But there's something you can take that would keep those away. Well, alcohol has a little bit of that in that oh. as well. And it actually probably saved his life going because oh. his body was so focused on processing the alcohol uh-huh. that it didn't take in as much radiation. So he worked alongside a couple of firefighters who died because of their stuff and his body rejected it. Now, that is not saying you should go...
0: Yeah, neither of these stories yeah, neither. Are... Yeah,
1: there has to be a disclaimer yeah. on this thing. Um, don't go to work... Drunk and be like my pastor told me on a podcast this is going to save my life or help me complete my job. These with are very courage. extreme circumstances. Very extreme circumstances. Yeah. Um. But interesting that those two kind of stories would be uh, related in that way. So yeah. I don't know how all the iodine stuff works, but anyways, that was the story on it. Like this probably saved his life. That kind of cool trying to ruin his life or whatever. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't know He
0: was just being a good russian right the stereotypical russian
1: dude they <laughs> one of their um things about being in the army being conscript, conscripted into the army was they would be issued a daily ration of vodka <laughs> and that was like how they survived i mean you yep. know what i mean i mean if you're dealing with the stuff of war and not even just war but like what they were going through with, yeah. with all that stuff.
0: So you know how in the United States the drinking age is 21? Yes. If you are in the military and are on a military base, um, you can buy alcohol
1: at 18. Yeah. That's what I mm-hmm. that's probably what you get 18-year-olds signing up for war. war. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that'll do it yeah. for the Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous podcast that we are currently changing our name to. Um, <laughs> We uh, are going to be finishing off the series uh, this next weekend. We're also doing child dedications on Sunday. So we're going to actually postpone communion to the following week, and we've got a guest speaker that week. And so some really fun stuff coming up. Uh, one of the things I really, for those of you who listen to the podcast, you're already proving that you're an overachiever in mm-hmm. certain level. Um, so I want to invite you to uh, the East Like You taking place on not this Friday night, but the following Friday night. I believe it's the 21st Correct. off the top of my head. Um, Dr. Blaine Charette's going to be in town. He's going to be, uh, he's a professor at, U- uh, Northwest University. Uh, this is our third time attempting to have him come over. Um, <laughs> I tried to kill him in a car wreck once. Uh-huh. And then, uh, Alaska Airlines said, we don't want you to die in a plane crash. Uh-huh. It's been like a lot of things keeping him from, from being here, but, um, uh, we did it in the middle of summer. Like what over from heat. I mean, I don't know what else <laughs> could be the case, but <laughs> He's coming over Friday, flying over. Um, he's gonna do East like you on Friday night. We've got patio chats on Saturday night. He's gonna be speaking on Sunday for it's me. Be so busy June twenty first through the twenty third. Yes, a very busy weekend for him. Come get him while he's fresh. Friday night, um, East like you. He's gonna be talking about. He's got. Uh, he's just a Matthean scholar, so like he's really, really smart on the Book of Matthew. Like mm-hmm. that was his focus. His dissertation was on that. He wrote a book on that. Um, from in a nationalistic standpoint, he's like top ten in the nation about. Like that kind of stuff when it comes to Matthew. So, um, I'm gonna have him do teach Friday night as if it's like a university class. Like that's the style. So mm-hmm. it's not gonna be like super unchurch friendly. <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna assume <laughs> that you already know and love Jesus uh, <laughs> on Friday night. We're we're gonna just bypass all that, um, and we try and do it for volunteers. Like we, we do these things to try and invest in those who are already investing. And it's gonna be very different from what you're used to on Sunday mornings. And that's fine. And Mm -hmm. there's environments for that. And that's one of those environments. So if you're interested in East Lake U, check out the Community Marketplace page. On the website and uh, get signed up. We can. Uh, we have kind of limited space. We can. We have a big room that we can kind of do it in, but it is filling up fast. So mm-hmm. uh, get on there, make that thing happen. Uh, and then f- always, uh, if you're if you miss the talk from Sunday or want to follow up with the series or have to miss next week, or whatever. EastlakeTreasuries.com/slash-talks. Thanks for listening to the podcast, yeah. everybody. Hope you guys have a great week. Don't forget, next week is Father's Day. So before you listen to us again, it will have been already done in Father's Day and Megan's going to grab a great gift for her dad. I know she is. (laughs)
0: It's also my boyfriend's birthday. Oh oh my gosh. The same day? Yeah.
1: June 16th? Yeah. That's my dad's birthday. So my dad has a birthday on Father's Day. So imagine being a kid at Christmas. Remember how you're like, I don't Uh want my birthday to be on Christmas because I'm going to get dual (laughs) gifts. My dad, like, that only that experience is only for a kid for a few years. My dad has his birthday June 16th every year, obviously. And yeah, but it's usually, not every
0: year is it on Father's but Day. But it's
1: at or around Father's Day every year. So yes. I'm always like, hey, here's your gift. It's for both, just so you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I get to do that for the rest of his life. It's so great. I love it. I'm sure we'll watch um, some golf together. Um, it's the... Uh, US Open. Nice. Pebble Beach. So nice. all right. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
0: Bye.